Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Passionate, patriotic, a little bit pugilistic, and always professional. Hear what Roy Green has to say on the Chorus Radio Network. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. And follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. At The Roy Green Show. Tweet me there. I want to read something now, and then I'm going to say hello to Catherine Swift, Linda Leatherdale, and Michelle Simpson. I want to read something first. And what I'm going to read is what we're going to be talking about. Well, no, I'm not going to do that first. There's something else I have to do first. All right. Let's get Linda. Let's get Michelle and let's get Catherine up um, on the air. So before we do anything else, congratulations. Thank you so much, Troy. <laughs> so thrilled for you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, i got to say, I'm pretty thrilled, too. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. First grandchild. And, uh, wow, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I, 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 it was funny. I almost felt I was having the baby myself. But you know what? I think I was more worried about this than when I was having my babies. <laughs> Way back in the day, I, it, uh, it's, it's always such a relief that everybody's healthy, eh? and, and that's, you know, that's numero uno. So but tell, us about, tell us about the baby. And beautiful name they chose uh, is on the planet now. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Hearty pretty, congratulations. Pretty happy campers, and my son is so besotted, I can't believe it. Wonderful. And everybody's well, everybody's doing great. Yep, that's numero uno. So we oh, have a new baby. Terrific. We have a new baby beauty. Yes. Yeah. I said that. We got a next generation beauty. Well, you can be sure I'll make sure she's raised right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, what I'd like you to do is put her on the air so we can talk to her and get some thoughts well, about that. Yeah, any minute. I'm having them over for dinner tonight. Good. We'll get her. We'll Who get knows? Her. You could hear some caterwauling in the background at any time. Okay, I want to read something that we're going to be talking about. But for people to understand what we're going to be talking about, I need to read this. And as it was written by Ross McKittrick, he's a professor at the University of Guelph. He's also a fellow at um, research chair at uh, the Frontier Center for Public Policy. He's also with the Fraser Institute. And here's what he wrote in the Financial Post. So you can turn down the mics for Linda and Michelle and Catherine for just a second, please. Ask the studio to do this. I'm, I'm going to read the... Uh, the article that he wrote in, uh, in the Financial Post. Have a listen to this. Now, this is Ontario-centric, but don't feel comfortable if you're not in Ontario, all right? Here's what Professor McKittrick wrote. You may be surprised to learn that electricity is now cheaper to generate in Ontario than it has been for decades. The wholesale price, called the Hourly Ontario Electricity Price, or HOEP, used to bounce between 5 and $0.08 cents per kilowatt hour. But over the last decade, thanks in large part to the shale gas revolution, it has trended down to below $0.03, cents and on a typical day is now as low as $0.02 cents per kilowatt hour. 
Good news, right? It would be, except that this is Ontario. A hidden tax on Ontario's electricity has pushed the actual purchase price in the opposite direction to the highest it's ever been. The tax, called the Global Adjustment, is levied on electricity purchases to cover a massive provincial slush fund for green energy, conservation programs, nuclear plant repairs, and other central planning boondoggles. As these spending commitments soar, so does the GA. In the latter part of the last decade, when the HOEP was around $0.05 cents per kilowatt hour and the government had not yet begun tinkering, the GA was negligible, so it hardly affected the price. In 2009, when the Green Energy Act kicked in with massive revenue guarantees for wind and solar generators, the GA jumped to about 3.5 cents per kilowatt hour and has been trending up since. Now it's regularly above 9.5 cents. In April, it even topped 11 cents, triple the average HOEP. So, while the marginal production cost for generation is the lowest in decades, electricity bills have never been higher. And the way the system is structured, costs will keep rising. The province signed long-term contracts with a handful of lucky firms, guaranteeing them 13.5 cents per kilowatt hour for electricity produced from wind and even more from solar. Obviously, if the wholesale price is around 2.5 cents and the wind turbines are guaranteed 13.5 cents, someone has to kick in 11 cents to make up the difference. That's where the GA comes in. The more the wind blows... And the more the turbines get built, the bigger the losses and the higher the GA. Just to make the story more exquisitely painful, if the HOEP goes down further, for instance, through technological innovation, power rates won't go down. A drop in the HOEP widens the gap between the market price and the wind farm's guaranteed price, which means the GA has to go up to cover the losses. Ontario's policy disaster goes many layers further. If people conserve power and demand drops, the GA per kilowatt hour goes up. So if everyone tries to save money by cutting usage, the price will just increase, defeating the effort. Nor do Ontarians benefit through exports. Because the renewable sector is guaranteed the sale, Ontario often ends up exporting surplus power at a loss. The story only gets worse if you try to find any benefits from all the spending. Ontario doesn't get any more electricity than before. It gets less. Despite the hype, all this tinkering produced no special environmental benefits. The province said it needed to close its coal-fired power plants to reduce air pollution. But prior to 2005, these plants were responsible for less than 2% of annual fine particulate emissions in Ontario, about the same as meatpacking plants, and far less than construction or agriculture. Moreover, engineering studies showed that improvements in air quality equivalent to shutting down the plants could be obtained by simply completing the pollution control retrofit then underway and at a fraction of the cost. Greenhouse gas emissions could have been netted to zero by purchasing carbon credits on the open market, again at a fraction of the cost. The environmental benefits exist only in provincial propaganda. And on the subject of environmental protection, mention must be made of the ruin of the so many scenic vistas in the province, especially long stretches of the Great Lakes shores, the once pristine recreational areas of the Central Highlands, and the formerly pastoral landscapes of the southwestern farmlands. And we've not even uh, mentioned yet the well-documented ordeal for people living with the noise and disturbance of wind turbines in their backyards. We will look in vain for benefits in Ontario, even remotely commensurate with the damage that has been done. It's almost over. Just two more paragraphs, small ones. The province likes to defend its disastrous electricity policy by saying it did it for the children. 
These are the same children who are now watching their parents struggle with unaffordable utility bills and who in a few years will enter the workforce and discover how hard it has become to get full-time jobs amid a shrinking industrial job market. Electricity is cheaper to make than it's been for a generation, yet Ontarians are paying more than ever. About the only upside is the nine other provinces now have a handbook on what not to do with their electricity sector, Ross McKittrick. All right, Catherine, Michelle, and Linda, um, there it is. I want in on this. <laughs> Let her rip, Michelle. <laughs> okay. Do you know that if I went down to the shores of the lake that I'm on and washed my clothes on the rocks and hung it out on the line and lived by candlelight, took myself off the grid, I would still be getting gouged. It is incredible. And you're right, Roy, this is not an Ontario story. This is for other provinces. Don't let this happen to you, poster. And it is incredible. And it's true. It's absolutely true. Power has been never been cheaper to generate, and we are paying through the roof. And once this whole deal with the shares and partial privatization is all completed, don't think we won't be paying more. Okay. Absolutely. That's my sermon from the mouth. And a very good one, Michelle. Oh, my goodness. You know, somebody should be in jail over this. And, yeah. and you're right, Roy. You've pointed to situations in England and other parts and provinces should wake up. But, you know, boondoggle after boondoggle after boondoggle, including the gas plants, et cetera, and then guaranteeing 13.5 cents? This is highway robbery for the average little person who can't even afford to keep the lights on. And we've had horror stories about, you know, a, a child with a feeding tube that needs electricity and electricity was cut off because her mom couldn't afford it. This has just got to stop. My question, and I was hoping the professor would be on with us, Roy, was can we go back? Is there any way to undo this madness? Because we are the worst province financially in Confederation now. And the jobs, we just talked about it last week, the, the, for young kids, the unemployment rates up, the jobs are leaving this province. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Absolutely. Well, there's a, there's a, I, I wish the professor had been on, been on too, because, you know, it would be nice to have his voice. Anyway, I know you tried too, Roy, so, but it'd be, hopefully. <laughs> he just didn't, he just didn't that. have the time there's to join us. He did a good job, though. Here. Yeah, he, he did a good job. Great you, job. Yeah. You mentioned in the article, uh, it, when you read the article there, it said a few lucky firms got these contracts. How about the real truth is a few liberal firms got these contracts. Here, here. Disgraceful corruption. This is corrupt. I'm sorry. It is. And sue me. Liberals, sue me. Uh, it, it, it is disgraceful. People are making out like bandits uh, with taxpayers' dollars, uh, making a whole, totally subsidized, totally uneconomic, which was the point of his article, was that it was A, totally uneconomic, B, not helping the environment. And one thing I can say, I have done a voluntary turtle protection project. I know you can laugh. But <laughs> up at my cottage for the last three years, I've volunteered. And you know what one of the biggest threats to some of these tr endangered turtle species is? Windmills. Windmills. And killing, they're killing birds. But it, 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 like, to say this is environmentally sound is totally insane. But anyway, I know we're coming up against a time constraint, as we yeah. always do. Yeah. All I can say is, 
voters smarten up. When governments offer these policies, do not vote for them. They will rip you off. They won't do anything good for the environment. And, you know, he does say in his conclusion of the article, others should, other jurisdictions should, you know, should use this as a cautionary tale. But you know what? Europe, who did this way before Ontario, is backing away from these policies at 90 miles an hour because it's destroying their economy. So come on, people. That's right. Do not support these governments. The European Union started backing away from this in 2013. Yeah, and Germany was one of the biggest. They're they're going back to coal, and I don't say that's necessarily a good idea, but that's how desperate they are. It's wrecking their economy and impoverishing people. Well, let's remember remember that we have have an overabundance, or we have an abundance, overabundance of oil, and we have governments that will not facilitate moving that oil to international markets. And ultimately, who's going to be hurt? It's going to be the... The, the average Canadian was yeah. going to be hurt by the same policies that we just read here, that I just read, from that, that Professor McKittrick wrote, and it takes us back to what is happening in the U.K., and that's back, as early as 2011, there was a study done in the U.K., 4,700 people died in one winter because they couldn't afford the electricity. It was the elderly poor who couldn't afford the electricity, so they died. And a British charity, a national charity, is projecting that by 2030... Over 100,000 Brits will die because they can't afford the electricity to heat their homes. And what options are, do they have? What choices are they given? None. 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 Zero. And governments that say we're helping the poor and the middle class. Oh, exactly. Liars, liars, pants on yes. fire. And yep. Hydro One, Sunshine, they're all making over 100000 $200,000 lining their pants, and I am sick of it. Let me take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk some more. And we will uh, try to include uh, some phone calls. If you have a um, if you have a comment you'd like to uh, to share and add, triple eight two two five eight two five five four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred triple eight two two five eight two five five four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Remember, Dr. Bjorn Lomborg was on this program right after that Paris. Um, climate conference, and Dr. Lomborg, who very strongly believes in human-induced global warming and that it will cause significant problems, said the UN's plan is going to deliver almost zero, zero in the way of benefits and objectives that it's supposed to achieve and accomplish while it's going to cost trillions and trillions of dollars. We'll come right back. Taking on the Titans, standing up for the little guy. It's the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. They are the beauties. They are Catherine Swift, WorkingCanadians.ca. Linda Levadale. Um. Vice President, Cambria, Canada. And Michelle Simpson, former seatmate to the current Prime Minister, Canada. Justin Trudeau. You know what? i got to say this. Ross McKittrick's column is perfect. It's on the mark. What we don't have in, this, in, in the province of Ontario 
and uh, f- folks in the rest of the country are setting their hair on fire because we're talking about Ontario. But we're doing it because you have to pay attention so you know what could be headed your way depending on where you live. The opposition parties in the province of Ontario are feeble. They have, they don't sound believable. There's no drive. There's Nobody cares about what they say, essentially. It's, uh, am I missing something? Well, on, on your comment about the rest of the country paying attention, we already have uh, Alberta government talking about massive carbon tax. We have a federal government talking about massive carbon tax. Of course. So this is not just a, like a, a prospective kind of fantasy no. scenario. This is reality, folks. And, and, you know, it, 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 why can't we, it, the, the federal government, the current federal government got elected supposedly in part on its devotion to fact-based policy. Well, if they had fact-based policy, they wouldn't be pursuing this carbon tax avenue. Exactly. So it, it, You're it's absolutely madness. right. Madness. Fact, politics. Yeah, it's a shame, yeah, isn't it? Eh? Really? Yeah. If they had interest in facts... They would have accepted the facts that Michelle Simpson posted online about her expenses. But they weren't interested in the facts. They were interested in uh, fiction. Yeah, but shame on us. We vote them in. Shame on us, you know? Well, Let's get better what choices do we and, I'm going to ask you, what choices do we have? We don't drive the agenda. We as the people who do the voting should drive the agenda. I don't hear anything from Mr. Brown. From the progressive conservatives, no, nothing, nothing. I don't hear anything from from the uh, from the NDP. I try to get the leader of the NDP. What's her name? Andrea, Andrea Horvath. Horvath. That's right. I knew her when she was a city councilor in Hamilton, and I worked at CHML. I'm sitting in the same studio. She would not come on the air. They wouldn't even reply. Patrick Brown, we, you had to intercede, uh, Catherine, to let them know that we wanted yeah, to be there. To be fair, he, he was happy to come on, Roy. Well, and, and, yeah, I, I, how, did, I don't know right. how I happy they were. to kind of get in there. But. Yeah, but he's so low profile. Yeah, I know. I know it's Seriously, shocking. nobody knows anything about him. Yeah. And, and the other thing, you know, and he I wants a carbon now tax. in Ontario, and again, you know, we don't want to make this Ontario-centric, but it, it's, it's, we're now into the second half of the agenda politically. And the other thing is, you know, Ontario affects the rest of the country hugely, too. So, yes, we talk about Ontario, and I know, Roy, we have a ton of listeners out west, which we care about lots and everything, but, you know, Ontario, don't, don't think Ontario is just a little closed circuit there. It's going to affect you, too, sadly. It still represents Look, about 35% of GDP in Canada. Mind you, it used to represent 40 Remember when it used to be the engine of the yes. country? No longer because of the lame government we've had. Ross McKittrick made his statement about what is fact in Ontario and could be, without uh, a heavy foot on the brake pedal, the future of, of, of millions of other Canadians. We're already so massively overtaxed. We're the most passively accepting people in... Yeah, I've had enough. <laughs> and I just wanted to add one I other to, thing. I have to Let's stop. not forget the Conservatives wanted to privatize Ernie Eves. A hydro, and there was a huge back, and now they have privatized, and a lot okay. of people are getting rich, and a lot of middle class and poor people are we getting poorer. Go. We yeah. gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. We will do a segment where we just challenge voters one day to just 
tell it like it is, like they think it is. All right, let's do that. Let's work on that. Beauties, yeah. you're you're the best. Thank you so much. Happy uh, happy arrival, Gran. Yes. Yeah. Thanks so Grandma. much. The Thanks most so powerful. Much, everyone. I've had hey, so many wonderful. I gotta go. From Twitter gotta... folks, it's been fantastic. You're wonderful. The most powerful woman in Canada. We've got to go. We will come back in a minute. Stay with us.